Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're able to join us for this act of worship. St Bride's is famous for its ministry to journalists, and behind me here you can see our journalists' commemorative altar. We are aware as never before of the dangers that those in the industry face when bringing us the news. So our journalists and all who work in the media are very much in our thoughts and prayers at this time. However, we are, of course, here for all of you, journalists and everyone else. Do please leave us a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always good to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these services, uh, you'll find details of how to do so in the accompanying text. But now, may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. One thing is needful. Mary has chosen the good portion, which shall not be taken away from her.
It is a great delight to welcome you to St. Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this, the fifth Sunday after Trinity. Wherever you are in the world, and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St. Bride's family. We begin with our opening prayer. Let us pray. We say together, Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven, and to bring us to eternal life. Let us confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolved to keep God's commandments and to live in love and peace with all. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We stand for the glory.
Almighty and everlasting God, by whose Spirit the whole body of the Church is governed and sanctified, hear our prayer which we offer for all your faithful people, that in their vocation and ministry they may serve you in holiness and truth to the glory of your name. Through our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. A reading from the book Genesis. And the Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre, as he sat at the door of his tent in the heat of the day. He lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, three men stood in front of him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth and said, My Lord, if I have found favour in your sight, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree while I fetch a morsel of bread that you may refresh yourselves and after that you may pass on since you have come to your servant. So they said, Do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal, knead it and make cakes. And Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf tender and good and gave it to the servant, who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk and the calf which he had prepared and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree while they ate. They said to him, Where is Sarah your wife? And he said, She is in the tent. The Lord said, I will surely return to you in the spring, and Sarah your wife shall have a son. This is the word of the Lord.
A reading from the letter to the Colossians. Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, or principalities or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, who once were estranged and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, in order to present you holy and blameless and irreproachable before him, provided that you continue in the faith stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which has been preached to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I complete what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church, of which I became a minister, according to the divine office which was given to me for you, to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now made manifest to his saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of his mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man mature in Christ. This is the word of the Lord.
Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Now as Jesus and his disciples went on their way, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. One thing is needful. Mary has chosen the good portion, which shall not be taken away from her. This is the Gospel of the Lord. May I speak in the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Many of us at St Bride's, I know, have become increasingly engaged in environmental issues and climate change in recent years and in the Church's unique role in responding to these challenges. And in exploring these areas, I found myself coming into contact with people of faith who are part of the Extinction Rebellion movement. Now, I've frequently heard people comment that the tactics of Extinction Rebellion and other environmental groups are counterproductive. I'm also aware, though, at the same time, how they have managed to change public debate. I too have experienced the delayed journeys and I work for a council that has significant demands placed on it in responding to protests. I've been challenged though and indeed blessed in meeting Christians who are active in this area. One is a member of a church in Lewis who instigated the Coat of Hopes. She walked from New Haven to Glasgow last year and I joined her on the first day of that journey. The coat was decorated with patches made by supporters and hosts along the way. Perhaps you might have seen pictures of it arriving at COP26. It attracted quite a lot of media attention at the time. And during Holy Week this year, I spent time at Hillfield Friary, the Franciscan community in Dorset. And whilst there, I met a member of Christian Climate Action who had just taken part in blocking an oil facility. I noticed in meeting these people a strong sense of their being rooted in prayer and contemplation and a palpable sense of what has been termed environmental grief, but which was something of a mystery to me. I've also become familiar with what is referred to amongst Christian activists 
as the sacrament of civil disobedience, which is an idea that seeks to describe the profound sense of Christ's presence in the sacrifices that civil disobedience demands. Now, I'm not an environmental activist, and I'm not telling you that the tactics of protest and civil disobedience are correct. But I am wanting to openly share with you the challenge that I have experienced by engaging with Christian activists in this area and finding them to be encounters with people of clear spiritual maturity. And it's prompted me to ask what the appropriate response of people and communities of faith might be in the face of these challenges, particularly when it's increasingly clear that whilst companies and governments sign up to aspirational agreements to limit climate change, they are simultaneously agreeing plans for extraction of fossil fuels into the future that if they proceed will assure that those aspirations are not met and that the world will face runaway climate change and its impacts. This certainly seems to be an area to me where it is essential that contemplation directs action. In the life of faith, we can often experience a tension between contemplation and action. And I've described to you what is a clear area where I feel that at present. The secular world, of course, cares only for action and outcomes. And that's certainly the case in my public health work. And indeed, the church very easily defaults into the same mentality, particularly in the face of institutional decline. When presented with issues like the environmental crisis and climate change, though, we can see a sort of paralysis in secular society. When the immediate, immediately available technological solutions are inadequate, more fundamental questions about the lives that we lead, the society that we create and the role of governments are deferred. The story of Mary and Martha that we heard this morning is one that it seems to me has become increasingly countercultural over time, emphasising as it does the primacy of contemplation. Martha complains that she alone is taking care of chores whilst Mary sits listening at Christ's feet. We might expect some apology from Jesus and Mary and their help so that everyone can settle down together. But no, Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. We can well imagine how Martha, and perhaps we ourselves, might have responded. It's all right for some. These floors won't wash themselves. What I observe in myself and also in our society 
is the distraction that Jesus refers to. Martha is not here engaged in action that is the product of contemplation. Rather, she is busy when she need not be. The crucial lesson for us here, then, I think, is that action should be rooted in contemplation because without that, we lack discernment. We have no receptivity to God's call and instead we tend to create and energetically pursue our own designs, which, although well-meaning, can so easily become distorted. Or, despite knowledge that our ways of life are unsustainable, we choose distraction because we're unable to conceive of an alternative. I'll close with a prayer. O oh God, Heavenly Father, your Son, Jesus Christ, enjoyed rest and refreshment in the home of Mary and Martha of Bethany. Give us the will to love you, open our hearts to hear you, and strengthen our hands to serve you in others for his sake, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. In the power of the Spirit and in union with Christ, we come together this morning to pray for ourselves, for one another, and for your church across the world. Your Son, Jesus Christ, came not to be served, but to serve us, and to save us from our sins. Let us bring to him now the needs of our world in faith, 
knowing that he will hear our prayers. Loving Father, we pray that you will pour out upon the leaders of your church your Holy Spirit, that they may have the courage to seek to serve you and lead us, so that the good news of your love for us can reach more and more people throughout the world. We pray for Justin, our Archbishop, Sarah, our Bishop, and all who lead your church in England, that they may have the strength and wisdom to guide and lead us. We remember today your people in the Episcopal Church of the United States and their presiding bishop, Michael Curry. We give thanks for our Alison, our rector, Jeff, our associate priest, and all who work so hard to ensure that all who visit St. Bride's or worship with us online can feel you at work in their lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the leaders of our nation and all those in positions of authority. Let them know that with power and honour come responsibility and accountability. May those who seek to govern us do so for the good of all their people and seek to serve and protect those they represent. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Creator God, we pray for the people of our world who are hungry and homeless those who flee persecution and war, especially the people of Ukraine and Russia. We remember also the people of Sri Lanka, caught up in civil unrest. Help us to remember those who don't know where they will sleep tonight. The children without the security of a safe home those taking extraordinary risks to reach a safe country. May we reflect on the gifts that you have given us and help us to find ways to serve and protect them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Father, we pray for all children as they start their summer holidays, that they may have fun, relax and enjoy playing together. Give strength to their parents, grandparents and carers, and all those who are giving their time, passion and commitment to look after them. Protect those that are feeling lonely or frightened because they don't have the loving care they deserve. We pray also for our grown-up children who are graduating this week, leaving school or college and starting their adult life and adventures. We pray that you will encourage them and show them how to bring their talents you have given them to life for the good of all. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer.
be by the side of and comfort all those in pain. Those who are facing the challenges of illness and the loved ones that face it with them. Give them and all who are ill the strength to face each day and by the power of the Holy Spirit grant that they may return to good health as quickly as possible. Let us remember also those that have died and have now joined you in heaven. We pray that they will all find peace with you and that you will comfort those who are left behind. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Finally, we take time to remember in silence all those known only to us who need your support and love. Merciful Father, accept, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and we share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise. Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. For he is your living word. Through him you have created all things from the beginning and formed us in your own image. Through him you have freed us from the slavery of sin, giving him to be born of a woman and to die upon the cross. You raised him from the dead and exalted him to your right hand on high. Through him you have sent upon us your holy and life-giving spirit and made us a people for your own possession. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing.
Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who in the same night that he was betrayed took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him, and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. 
we do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercy. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen. Let us pray. Grant, O Lord, we beseech you, that the course of this world may be so peaceably ordered by your governance that your church may joyfully serve you in all godly quietness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you, our souls and bodies, to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen.
peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.